Welcome to the Bar Variations Podcast. Go behind the bar with me, your host, Michelle Duvall. As I interview leaders in the industry, we'll talk about how bar impacts their lives, what's inspiring them today, and take the conversations that usually stay in the studio out into the community. Grab a seat because there's plenty of room at the bar. Are you a bar addict, a social butterfly, or just getting started in bar fitness? Do you want to feel good and look good during your sweat session? If the answer is yes, you must visit fitforbar.com and shop their exclusive activewear and athleisure styles designed for your bar workout and beyond. From hats to bar socks and everything in between, each piece from this female-owned boutique has been bar-tested and approved from the best in the business. And with free domestic shipping, easy returns, and a buy now, pay later option, fitforbar.com provides an online shopping experience fit for a bar queen. So go ahead and treat yourself to some new apparel from fitforbar.com. You deserve it. Happy shopping. Welcome back to another episode of the Bar Variations Podcast. Hey, everybody. Another month, another episode. This month is all about abundance. But before we get into it, I just wanted to remind everyone of some upcoming Bar Variations events. This weekend, I'm headed to Minneapolis, Minnesota to teach a Bar Variations teacher training and the Teaching Deconstructed Workshop. October 5th, I'll be in Chicagoland area teaching the Deconstructed Workshop as well, where we will dive in to the how, what, and why of teaching bar. So for this workshop, think everything except the exercises. So if you're already a bar instructor, this is a great time to bridge the gap to see a different perspective and also not necessarily learn new exercises, but how to approach them in a different way. Then back home for me to Brooklyn for a full weekend of teacher training and teaching deconstructed workshop where you can attend one day or both. And then in November, we've got Bar Babes Unite in Brooklyn for its second installment. It's a two-day event filled with classes, workshops, and as my co-host Shannon calls them, bar teas. Love that. Having a little barty party <laughs> and also a lots of community connecting during this weekend. So for more dates, head to www.barvariations.com. Now, you all know I'm a big believer that there's plenty of room at the bar and that there's enough to go around for everyone. One of my favorite quotes by Brene Brown is, if the opposite of scarcity is enough then practicing gratitude is how we acknowledge that there's enough and that we're enough. Boom. I'm going to say that one more time. The quote goes, if the opposite of scarcity is enough, then practicing gratitude is how we acknowledge that there is enough and that we are enough. (sighs) Amazing. The mindset behind scarcity is driven by fear. Some of these fears can look and sound like, for example, quote, why do they get to be so successful? Or, quote, they make enough money, so it doesn't matter if I fill in the blank. Or, there are too many studios in my neighborhood. Or, I don't want other instructors knowing what I'm doing. 
I know, triggery, triggery, triggery. We might've thought these, I know I've definitely thought some of those things before at one time in my life, placing judgments, being jealous or having prejudices against others will only block our ability to get to a place where we know that there are enough and that there is enough to go around for everyone. So your shine will not dull because someone else is shining too. That is something that I say to myself all of the time. When I get those little twinges of feeling jealous or that I'm not good enough or you know, I want something that somebody else has, I say to myself, your shine will not dull because someone else is shining too. Say it over and over. <laughs> so if I let that mindset of scarcity block me, I wouldn't be where I am today. As a young dancer, I was brought up in a culture where there was a finite amount of positions to be coveted. So the competition was high. And after dancing for other people for a while, I decided at one point to create my own opportunities and to see what it was like to have my own company of dancers. So I wanted to like walk the walk a little bit. So if there wasn't enough positions for people, there wasn't enough money being given to dancers to keep them around. How could I create more opportunities? And is this something that I want to continue doing? Is something that I can offer other artists? So it was thrilling and it was so rewarding. And shortly life took me in a new direction. I ended up moving and it later inspired me to create my own bar method and company. So I got to be in a place where I could organize people or create an event and get people to show up. And it taught me a lot. And even though I don't continue doing that today, it really was just such a learning milestone in my life. And a big component of what I do is being able to collaborate with other people. So my dance company was called Michelle Duval Dance Collective, and it was all about collaboration. So I was not the only choreographer. I collaborated with my dancers and I got their ideas and we improved and we kind of got inspired by each other, worked off each other. And it was a big part of what I wanted to showcase to others. And collaborating now, I at one time felt excluded from the very profession we were in and even as a dancer. And now one can say that there was, that was because like of the mindset I had, which I would absolutely agree. It was definitely because of where I was coming from in my perspective. And I was the only one holding myself back. So making connections is a passion of mine and which is why this podcast came to be. I'm connecting with you over the airwaves. <laughs> and some of the ways I want to continue to bridge the gap in our community is to keep these amazing interviews going, introduce more opportunities to give others a platform, offer more ways to gain more bar perspective, and continue to coach others in how to become more abundant. So I've been traveling quite a bit this summer and each training, the last question is always what's next or better yet for my more seasoned teachers, it's what now and how do I keep this fire burning? We all get into a place where we feel lack or that we feel that our fire has been distinguished extinguished. I think it's extinguished. You guys can correct me on that a bit. So our fire's gone out a little bit. I know I have been there too. Absolutely. We all get in those little ruts and feel like there, maybe there's not enough or what do I do now? Doing this podcast is one way I get to connect with you all and even reignite my fire as well. 
Another way that's been really lighting me up is through my coaching sessions. So being able to help others work through their blocks, guiding them to bring more value to their work and offering a space of growth is truly special to me. It's something that I was given by my mentor, an opportunity for me to grow and for me to hone in on my ideas and get out of my own way. And for me, I was in my own way, but to kind of get away from those blocks and how to move through them and maybe move past them even. So when it comes to my time to ask the question, what next? It took me a long time to find my current mentors that have brought me to the next level of my life and a place where I can keep shining. So that's why I'm so passionate about bringing this offering to you, this coaching, whether it's through you guys listening to this podcast, whether it's through one-on-one or group coaching, it's something that I really feel passionate about giving that offering back because it was given to me and it helped me so much. So this brings me to last month's community question, which was in what ways can you collaborate outside of your classroom or studio? Kelsey shared events, love getting into the community and interacting with people. I might not usually come across otherwise. Laura shared, I try to make, I try to take classes from other instructors as much as my schedule will allow. We can learn so much from each other and that exchange of information goes both ways. Amen to that. That exchange of information goes both ways ways. This is a huge one for me in bar variations. The information I'm exchanging with you is for you to take and make your own. Ah, Laura, we're on the same page. Now abundance, since we're talking about abundance, there's enough to go around. Abundance can mean different things to many people. So for this month's community question, I want to ask you, what does abundance mean and look like for you? Share your answer with me via email at info at barvariations.com. You can join the Bar Variations VIP group on Facebook to share your answer. Or you can even leave me a voice message via Anchor. Head to the app. You can leave me a voice message. It's so awesome. I'll share all of the links in the show notes, and I look forward to hearing from you. All right, I can't wait to hear all of these creative answers. Now, up next is my interview with Kendra Alley from Bar Alley. If you're a certified hashtag bar addict like I am, then you can definitely appreciate a bar-inspired graphic tank top or sweatshirt. Good news, for those of us who can't get enough, Bar Goods Co. will add an extra bit of fun to your workout with apparel designed for and inspired by the bar. And if you need that extra little bit of motivation to get yourself to class, then you'll be happy to know that they use only the softest fabrics available to help you express your love of bar to the world. Check out their go-to line of screen-printed goodies included workout tops, sweatshirts, and even infant onesies for bar addicts in training. And guess what? Listeners of the Bar Variations podcast can use the code VARIATIONS25 to take 25% off their first order. That's code VARIATIONS25 in all lowercase letters. Visit bargoods.com now to start shopping. Hi, listeners. Thank you for joining. And I'm here today with Kendra Alley, owner of Bar Alley. Kendra is a 30-something boy mom of three who just wants to feel good in her own skin. As a D1 gymnast, she's been intensely active her entire life. 
but being a gymnast left her body beat up and needing to find a fitness format that was nice yet effective. And then she found bar. Welcome, Kendra. Hi, thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. Yes. Thank you for joining me today. And we've gotten connected through Instagram. And I just have to say, like, I'm truly, truly inspired by you as a person and a businesswoman running a household. And if you listeners can hear, that's one of three in the background. (laughs) He's going to be joining us for a little bit today, but we love that because it's quite a balancing act. So I just want you to thank you in advance for sharing your story with us today and joining in on this podcast. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So I just want to start from the very beginning of your movement journey. So tell us what it was like growing up as a gymnast, kind of when you got into that. And then we'll start talking about um, being a D1 athlete, which is a super big deal. (laughs) Yes. So I got into gymnastics, I think I was seven, which is kind of late in the eyes of gymnastics. Mm. Usually you're in there really early. Like by the time you can walk, you're in there. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's truly the only sport I've ever done. I think I did softball for like a month. Um, but gymnastics is really where it is. It matches my personality. I loved, I always said to my mom, I loved being in a club where I was the worst one because I really, I just have that motivation to work hard, to strive for something new, um, to get better. So I really enjoyed not being the best one on the team because I always had something to work for. Um, I loved it from the beginning and I made a lot of sacrifices when I was younger. I missed my prom. I, I just was truly focused and I, I loved the sport. Um, my junior year of high school, I fractured my back for the first time. And that was really the first time I had time to figure out kind of who I was, what I was all about, because I really did gymnastics the second I got out of school until Mm. I had to go to bed. So my schedule was school, gym, sleep, and then get up and do it again. Mm -hmm. So when I fractured my back, I was out. I had to do a lot of uh, recovery, a lot of rehab. Um, And so I kind of got an idea of what I had been missing. And so good thing I have all boys, but my kids probably won't ever do gymnastics because it just consumed my life, which I chose it. Um, and then I went to college. I was a gymnast at West Virginia university and what an awesome camaraderie. If, if you are thinking about putting your kids into sports, team sports are so cool. And when you're younger, gymnastics is very much an individual sport. Mm -hmm. You have to perform on your own and then your score would, you know, be part of the team score. But when you go to college, you are a team. So Mm -hmm. you're not doing that routine for yourself. You're doing it for the team. So I loved being a college gymnast because it was different. You weren't independent. You weren't on your own. It was really a team sport, which was a cool change cool new yeah. feature of gymnastics. Yeah. Um, and of course I fractured my back again and mm. I was 20 and they were like, well, you probably should have surgery, but you're a child. So yes. no. Um, and that's when my doctor basically said, you need to do yoga. And I kind of laughed at him and I was like, listen, I've been doing <laughs> really intense workouts for my entire life. Yeah. Yoga is for people who are sleepy. Like I couldn't get my head around it. And he basically made me shake his hand and he said, do it for six weeks and then give me your opinion on it. So I was like, okay, I'm committed. I was like in really bad shape where like it would, 
I would have a hard time getting out of bed. And mm. I was 20. I so I was like, okay, I will do yoga for six weeks. And it really changed the direction of my entire life. That's- I loved every second of it. And I got certified soon after that um, because I never realized that there was an approachable fitness format that was nice to your body, but also <laughs> effective. Because I'm like, no, we have to like sprint at five in the morning and all those things that you did as a college gymnast. Um, so that really is what got my feet wet into this low impact life. And I never felt better. My, I could walk without pain. You know, I was strong. Um, the sustainability is incredible. And I think that's something that people don't realize with highly competitive sports. And even I have to say, like as a teacher of dance, as a teacher of gymnastics, and I was, I I was a gymnast as well, but not at your level by any means. And not only the sacrifice, but what you're putting your body through as it's growing and at such, you know, you're such a young age, so, so intense. And when you see people reach D1 and then forget Olympics, I mean, Right. It is just your, your you're body ruined. at <laughs> your ruins, like your body at, at 20 years old. I used to call it. So when I turned 18, I remember doing a back walkover and being like, holy freaking yeah. moly. I was like, I, we used to joke. It was geriatric gymnastics and people are like, oh my God, you're so young. I'm like, no, you don't understand what it feels like to feel your body change in a way that you're like, I can't do this anymore because yeah. it freaking hurts. And yep. just the impact and, and it's hard, it's hard to go from full throttle, throttle to like, oh, this, this feels good for my body. And that's how I came into Pilates actually as a dancer. I was never in, but I couldn't get off the floor. I was doing like a roll up in a grant with like oh. a gram technique class. And my teacher looked at me and she's like, what, what's going on? I was like, I, I can't get up. Oh I can't get up. And she's like, you're so strong. I was like, I know, but I'm trying to do it right. And I can't do it. So right. that's when I started Pilates and I was like, oh my God, I can move freely without pain or strain. Yes. And, and without even having a major injury to get me there, I felt so thankful. And I think it totally saved my life moving yep. forward. As it's a deceiving. It's, yeah, it's totally deceiving. And especially with Pilates, yoga bar, all of that, you can truly feel it from the inside out oh, this is how I'm supposed to feel. I didn't know I could feel this good. (laughs) Yes, yes. Or, and then the flip side of that, or we think we need to beat our body into oblivion in order to get results, in order to get our body feeling the way we want it. Like, oh, like no pain, no gain was, I think, kind of how you and I were brought up. That was a big slogan. (laughs) And it was like, no, 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 no. Like, you don't have to feel pain to gain the benefits of movement, right? Right. Like, it can be nice. It can feel good. And you still still get, you know, the results you want out of it. Um, And I'll tell you what, my body as a college gymnast. So I've, I've been in shape my whole life. My body has never, and of course not right now, cause I just had the baby, but I've never <laughs> been this lean in my whole life. So it's mm. nice to my body and it's changed my physique. I'm, I've always been a little, you know, thicker gymnast, stocky in shape, but nobody really wants to look like that. So the yeah, change well, in that, I, my whole, I can't believe it that my body can look like that. I know I do have a little hang like from being a gymnast like I my arms like 
I like Terminator arms. You put yes. like one pound in my hand and like they're jacked in a second. That's yes. total genetics. And <laughs> yep. I'm not bragging about it. We all have our things, but it really bothers me. And I'm as a dancer, I'm like, I'm not lifting up weights. I'm not doing a squat. I'm already squatting and jumping. I'm do I'm yes. I was a modern dancer. And I was just like so turned off by it. It was like, no, no, no. This is not gonna make my body different. And I have to say, like, I, I feel really good about it. I don't have to like think about necessarily what I'm eating so much on like the dancer end, you know, my mind right. flipped a little bit of like, Oh no, if I do a little bit more high intensity, I can be stronger than I was when I was dancing eight to 10 hours a day. Yes. Yes. It's crazy how efficient you can be. So efficient. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like we don't have eight to 10 hours a day. And when I was in college and after college, like that was my schedule. It was like dance yep. all day, whatever, you know, you go to school, you go home, sleep, maybe, maybe yeah. eat a little bit <laughs> and then yep. keep going. But, um, it is so efficient and, you know, yoga is the same way. Pilates is the same way, but that efficiency is key to like, you know, and as a New Yorker, I'm like, time is money. If I cannot get it in, in 55 minutes to an hour, no, 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 you've lost me. Like I, I only yes. have one chance today. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. I'm sure exactly. you feel that way. Like as a mom too, like you, if you have the time allotted, you got to get it all. <laughs> yeah. And I still, and you know, I'm running this fitness business at this point. I still have to write my workout time slots down or it won't get done. So it I doesn't. have to be really efficient. Yeah. Because otherwise, you know, I've got these minions that will suck up my time <laughs> voluntarily. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so before we get to your business, I would, I do have, it's just curious, like I have dreams sometimes that I'm still able to backflip and do all of that stuff. Do you ever have those dreams that where like you can still flip around? Um, I, I probably still, I, I've can flip, like I can do stuff on the grass and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I have dreams, but I will always after this baby and I've done it after my other two will make sure that I will be able to do an aerial for my whole life and a back handspring on the beach my whole, like, so I haven't gotten to that point where like, all right, I need to start working on these things again. Um, but I, like, I don't think I'll ever be able to swing bars Mm -hmm. again. I don't Mm -hmm. think I like those types of things. You know, what's interesting for you to think about the gymnastics stuff for me, I want to take like adult dance lessons because as a gymnast, we didn't really learn you know, we would have dance class once a week and we all were like, this is so boring, you know, but now I have such an interest in it and I want to take my focus more on that level because I never, I was never a ballerina. I was never like a full dancer. I was a gymnast, which just complements that. Um, So I think about dance classes more than I think about gymnastics, which is weird. (laughs) I love it. Well, I was the gymnast that was also dancing. I had come to a point where I had to choose because I, like you, got into it around eight years old, which is old, surprisingly, as a gymnast. <laughs> and I did. I got really afraid to do back walkovers on the balance beam. But at the time, the scoring, a double pirouette on a balance beam was worth the same as a back walkover. Done. <laughs> and I hacked the freaking system. I was like, I can turn on this thing all day long. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. That's so like, funny. Yeah. They're like, you can't keep doing that. I'm like, I know, but I don't want to go. And like my fear started coming in where I was too worried about getting injured for my dance classes. And, um, yeah, but yeah, I, I was teaching acro for a while. And when you were saying about doing an aerial and you know, when you talk through things so much with 
you know, your students and even children's students, like, and I was like explaining, like, this is what you have to do to an, do an aerial. And I was just like, so motivated. I'm like, it's just, you know, it's just like this. And I threw an aerial after like five years. I was so proud of myself. I was like, yes. oh, excuse me. Because <laughs> a lot of it is, you know, it's physics, it's mind over matter. Yeah. Not, and then strength, right? It's right. a balance of all of that and being fearless. And so I, but yeah, I have, I do still have dreams where I'm like, oh, I can still like, I'll be like flipping around in my dream. And I'll wake up. I'm like, Oh my God, that's, I can't imagine myself doing that anymore, but I know. Yes. Well, maybe we can swap. You can get me to do yeah, exactly. and I'll teach you some pirouettes. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so one more thing before we lead into more bar stuff, I wanted, we had a discussion um, before the podcast about leggings and, you know, fit and comfort and all of that and material. And I want to talk about the Leos a little bit in gymnastics. And I can remember how high cut they were at the time when I was a gymnast and you got a little bit of a booty that thing rides up so much. And I'm so surprised even at leisure wear now, the way things are cut and it's, you know, there's companies run by women. I'm like, who can move in this? And actually, so I want to know from you, like, what kind of material and fit, like what's your ideal outfit? This is if you're such a funny. Out? So I have um we have like a Facebook community of all of the girls that are subscribed to Bar Alley and we talk mm-hmm. about this kind of stuff. Cause I feature my like whatever I'm wearing while I do the classes that they're taking, I'll tell them what it is. Mm. And sometimes in the class I'm like, these pants are the worst because if I fidget with them, I can't even think, I can't even think all I can think of is I just want to take these pants off. Mm. Um, so my, first of all, I don't know how I wore a leotard every single day. (laughs) I don't understand why it's crazy. Um, I am a high waisted person through and through all of my pants need to be high waisted. It's just how my body things just fit me better. So Mm -hmm. I love everything high waist. I prefer a big waistband. Um, There are several brands that I've loved because I don't like anything. I almost like where the band is folded over. I don't Mm. like stitching at the top, like by my belly button because it Mm -hmm. cuts me in too much. And it's just, that's where I tend to like fidget more. I love the smooth, fat uh, waistband. Um, there are like three Lululemons that I love. There's a Halloween plank one that I really enjoy, but she dissolved her brand. Mm. Um, so I need things that feel buttery soft. I yeah. don't need like lifts and things like that. Although I'll take a, a lift in a pant. If they have <laughs> but for me, I really, um, and now that I'm nursing high waisted things where my side isn't hanging out, if I have to feed him, you know, at a mm-hmm. restaurant, you know, if I cover him up and things like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely all about the high-waisted band and it has to be smooth. None of that stiff stuff like I was wearing today, um, which I took them off immediately. That's like, (laughs) I have to return these. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) Well, it's so funny. Like I, I'm a high-waisted gal as well. Like I call myself SpongeBob because I have literally like a two inch waist, like my hips and my ribs. No, they do. They touch like they, it's like a joke. I have really long arms and legs when I'm only five one. So like I, you were supposed to be tall. Yes. Yeah. I was supposed <laughs> to be tall, but my waist never stretched out. So <laughs> for me, like when the whole like low cut, we're talking like early two thousands, I was like appalled. I was like, this is horrible for yes. short people. I'm like, no, 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 no. So 
now in recent years, the high waist is so in. I'm like, the higher, the better. If they go underneath my bra, I'm like, yes. even better. Cause like, if I they won't worry if they, touch, yeah. if my bra touches my pants, it's the best. <laughs> it's so true. And like, I won't wear a unitard because I have like scarring memories from being put into way too many unitards as a modern dancer. <laughs> like, oh. See, I love, I love a good unitard. I think I have to cross over because I'm like, I get it. Like they don't, like when I travel, actually, I always joke that I'm just going to wear a unitard and like, that's it because you don't have to take anything off. You can go right through TSA, like no yep. problem. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm very, you can tell I'm an efficient person. Like I do Pilates. I love the efficiency of bar. Yep. Like how can I make my day so smooth that I don't have to like do anything extra, which maybe is a little bit of a game for myself, but, <laughs> but yeah, the high-waisted leggings. And I have to say some of these cute bra tops these days with like the mesh, uh-uh. like if you have any bit of a chest, like, like who's jumping in this, who is even like, if I crisscross and like things are sliding out, I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> yes. And it's interesting because my body has this whole year, my body has been different every month. And so I could, when I was, thin, you know, at the top of my game, I can wear anything. It doesn't matter. And now I'm going through all of these different sizes. Mm. And I take that into consideration because when I start to recommend, recommend things to my girls, mm. not everybody's flat chested. And so now I have these, this big nursing chest and I'm like, how do people move? So it really makes me think more about that. Cause before I was like, I was thin and I had no chest, so it didn't matter. But now I'm like, oh my gosh, my pants are falling down. My boob is popping out. Like, so it's nice to kind of get an idea of what everybody is struggling with um, as a whole throughout this whole process of me gaining weight, losing weight. I'm, I'm learning all the, all the ropes. Totally, totally, totally. So um, moving on from clothes, when did you come to bar? And if you can talk about maybe like the type of method, you don't have to name it if you don't want to, but I'm just curious. Like, yeah, how so far I... I started teaching maybe like five yoga classes a week and I was loving it mostly because I was just such a spokesperson for this low impact life. And I was working at a specific studio and the manager was like, there's a bar certification coming up and I want you to get certified because I want you to be my bar girl. And I'm like, there's no way. Like, I don't, I don't know that format. I don't know. Like I, I, I was pregnant when she was telling with my first, when mm. she was telling me this and I'm like, look at me, like, I don't even know how I'm going to adjust to my life and as I'm a, mo a mom. And she was like, Nope, I'm signing you up. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And basically the reason I committed is she was going to take that expense on for me because she needed a bar girl. So I was mm. like, you know, I really shouldn't pass up this opportunity because I have no reason not to do it. So let me just do it. And then I'm like, you know, I'll never tell her a time where I can be on the schedule. So whatever. <laughs> so my son was like, I think like four weeks old, I brought him to my trainings. Um, and I would just like run into the office and nurse him when I needed to. And the first hour of the first day was the full length class. Mm. And I took that whole class with my jaw on the floor. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So I instantly knew, because it's in my wheelhouse. You right. know, I was a gymnast. I, I loved yoga. So it's just kind of where for me, my next step will be Pilates because it just belongs in my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't, 
I still remember that. And I'm getting ready to go see that same girl for a training this weekend. I couldn't believe, first of all, how freaking hard that class was. Cause I was like, I can run circles around these people. And I died. Um, and I just loved the fluidity of the movements and I barely moved, you know, Mm -hmm. I wasn't taking my feet off the floor and all this stuff. So I was sold the second I walked in for that training. Um, and so she was like, okay, do you want to be on the schedule? And I was like, I need to tell everybody about this. (laughs) Put me on every day. You need me. I I was so excited about it. Um, so that's really how, how it started. And then I started getting certified more and more in different places. And then I had another baby and I was like, how do people get out of the house? Yeah. And that's when I, I basically was like, screw this. I'm just going to host a class on Facebook live because if I can't leave the house, none of my friends who have kids can't either. <laughs> um, and that's really how Bar Alley started. Cause wow. I did that online class. Wow. Oh, that's so amazing. Yeah. I, we will definitely get more into the Bar Alley. And I just want to touch upon something you said about you know, you're taking another workshop coming up and just how important it is to continue your own education. And I know in the bar world, it's very slim right now of the options we have to learn more within the bar method because there are so many different methods, right? So the options to continue your education might just be limited to your studio or the brand that you are certified under. Um, but can you kind of speak upon like how your yoga and maybe some other, like if you've done other continuing education trainings or even other workshops that have really helped um, support your bar teaching? Yes. So my main, I think the reason people kind of understand the way I teach is truly because I was a gymnast. So a lot of my things, I over cue, I talk the entire time because every time you think about your lower body, you are now forgetting about what's happening to your trunk. You're not lifted in your chest. So I'm constantly cueing throughout all these movements to make sure everything else is in proper alignment. Mm. Um, So a lot of it comes from me just being yelled at by my coaches (laughs) as a gymnast. Um, But the continuing education piece for me is I need new ways to say the same thing. Mm. So for, if I tell you to zip up your pants, you might not understand that. But if I tell you to draw your belly button into your, uh, into your spine and then tuck it underneath your rib cage, that's doing the same thing that I want you to do if I tell you to zip up your pants. Mm -hmm. So it's really for me to try and find these new ways to connect with people because my lingo might not work for them, but these new cues and new movements, new, um, planes of, of movement and all of those types of things, I can get, it's easy to be comfortable and, and, you know, do your same six, six classic moves. But for me, I'm, I'm doing my girls a disservice. If I'm not learning more ways to teach them to move differently, move better, move more efficiently. So that's really the drive for me. I need to be educated so I can continue to, you know, have, have great classes, good routines, all of that kind of thing. Um, and cueing is really my focus now because I can get in the habit of, you know, making a correction and then saying beautiful a hundred times. Mm. I need a new way to say those things, mm-hmm. um, to get the message across to all, all different people. It's so true. I mean, you know, to me, I always say like, you can only move your body in so many ways, right? Fitness is fitness. The plank is the yeah. plank. The squat is the squat. A bicep curl is a bicep <laughs> curl. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, obviously creativity comes into that, but it is the language and it's 
finding new ways or just even seeing and getting exposed to other ways or other methods and how they say things. Like when you said the word trunk, I was like, oh yeah, that is such like a gymnast term. And like, or, you know, in ballet, they say pull up, you know, same thing to get your abdominals engaged. Well, that to someone might not mean the same thing. And I'm so in agreement with you. And even just taking a different modality training can inform whatever you, it is that you're yes. teaching and especially in bar because it's such a fusion, right? Bar is grown into a thing where it's not just, it's, un, it's unlike Pilates and yoga in the way where there's not really a standardized formula format exercise list where in yep. Pilates, you have the classical list and there's things that have branched off from that yoga. You have the asanas, yep. you have set poses and you branch off from that and flow or bar we're still in the baby stages of there's no standardized form of a bar method right there's like the original Lottie Burke work there's you know different franchise work but until that kind of happens it's nice it's like rich with all this fusion so the more you can kind of experience other things the more you can bring it into the benefits of having the ballet bar support using it as leverage and Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, right. And so, like, it can yes. only be better, and it keeps you interested because our clients might not get bored, but as teachers, we kind of like get in yeah. our little routine yep. slash rut. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I've even I've challenged myself where before I would kind of do the same standard warm up every mm-hmm. time I would get on on film, and then I'm like all of these girls are fast forwarding because I can see what they're watching and what they're skipping through. So I'm, I'm talking to them and I'm like, all right, tell me what's going on. And they're like, well, we just want to like, they don't, because they know what to expect. They don't take the time to do it. Mm. So then I started switching it every month. So every month is a new warm up because I want to keep their bodies guessing, but I also need to keep their attention span. And if they know what's coming, they're just going to be like, let me just get to this plank part. Um, And it's important because keeping your mind fresh and your body will only help you, you know, get those results faster. Absolutely. And, you know, consistency is key, right? You want to have enough time to like practice and kind of get that coordination down, even if it's just the coordination of the brain to the body. Um, But it is important to keep it changing. And that was my big thing when I, you know, you'd mentioned before about being reluctant about starting bar. I mean, that story I think is true for a lot of us bar teachers, I was like, <laughs> and more so than any other fitness form I kind yeah. of found. And I was the same. Like I've told this story before, but like, I was like, uh-uh, you cannot get me to do that stuff. I am a, whatever. I was a snobby little 20 something. And I was like, I am a dancer and no way am I doing that. Right. Right. I know. Uh, and little did we know, little did we know, here we are now running businesses, but right. It, yeah, I mean, maybe I lost my train of thought a little bit, but um, it's, yeah, it's just super important to like switch it up, keep it interesting. Oh, right. The, oh, and layering in, right. So you want to stay consistent, but you also, the changing, and that's why I started bar variations. I was like, I cannot do the same routine every week because I was teaching at a studio at the time that I saw these clients seven days a week. They came every day. And when you come every day, you don't want to do the same thing every day. Right. So it, right. it challenged me as a teacher where, you know, I was changing it up enough that I wasn't reinventing 
my method over and over again. But what I was doing, I was using different tools to change it up. Yes. So then it kept their them guessing. And and as soon as I saw them or kind of jumping ahead, and I was like, oh, we know my brain. So here we go. I'm going to totally throw you off. And we're going to do something right, right. way different. We're starting on the ground today. Why not? <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Hook them, hook them in. Um, and how would you describe your teaching style? So I always describe my teaching style as let me let me get my lingo. It's a <laughs> dynamic dynamic movement of opposition. Mm. So I think most people, and and I think this curve is kind of people are getting over it a little bit, where people are thinking bar is like a Matt Pilates class. Mm. And so they're like, oh no, I need something more challenging. Um, but I also was never a true dancer. So as a gymnast, I'm generally just more dynamic in my movements because that's, that's my, my world more. Mm -hmm. Um, and I am a huge fan of movements of opposition. So if you can imagine standing on your left leg and then having a, your right leg lifted, and then having your arms overhead kind of like in a wide V and those have weight. So you are forced to stabilize in your core in order for everything to be working properly. So I love the idea of finding balance, finding strength and building your endurance all in one movement or at least one series of fluid movements. Mm -hmm. um, that way you're not so, so although we do isolations in my classes, we are, we are constantly moving in and out of positions and focusing truly on that core stabilization, your shoulders, all of that posture, all of those posture stabilizers, um, while, you know, gasping for breath and holding one pound hand weights and that kind of stuff. Right. So that's probably how I would describe it most. Um, and it is a class that you will be drenched in. And that's one of my goals because as much as it's low impact and great for your body, if I'm not sweating, I feel like I still need to do a workout. So I need to be able to check it off my list. Like, okay, I worked out and I was sweating. If I'm just, you know, holding a, a bicep pulse mm -hmm. for 45 minutes, like, my bicep is sore, but I never broke a sweat. So that's always been my goal is to make it kind of this total body, um, efficient workout. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the, I, I totally relate to the fluidity and I definitely don't, I am a teacher that does not stay in one place for too long. And that definitely draws from my Pilates and ballet backgrounds where mm -hmm. you're doing something you only have like one shot, right? And you have one shot to get it right. And not in my bar classes, right? You don't have to get it right, but you have kind of like one chance. So how can we challenge ourselves to get it in that eight count? And, yes. you know, it challenges me as a teacher to have the proper cues in order to like layer in enough as we're moving through the class. So I teach a little bit of a progression where I start simple movements and then build a little bit bigger and they kind yes. of uh, variations are thrown through the class where it, you might see it in a bridge. You might see it on side lying legs a little bit different. Um, that's my dancer brain a little bit, like just playing with, um, you know, variations of movement and phrasing. So taking one solid phrase and then having the B phrase of that and whatever. So I yeah, know that it's doesn't like a, work for forever. me. It's like a floor routine. So for you, exactly. it's like your your recital. You know, exactly. start to finish. It's got to be 
complementary of of the beginning, but you're also it's a totally different thing by the time you're ending. Yeah, and I think we do kind of get stuck like at the bar, you know, like we get stuck holding onto that bar where the goal of the bar is to train ourselves to be able to get into the middle of the room and balance and yes, be stable and move fluidly and um I love the idea of working in opposition. I would love, you know, shout out to the rest of the bar world, like seeing more of that because it's not just about gaining the strength of the legs, holding onto a bar that leg strength has to be brought into the world. Right. So how are you moving throughout your day? Well, you're walking, you're climbing stairs, you're hopefully not sitting all day. (laughs) Yeah. Even picking up a baby or I've done a whole class where basically it was just functional movements. So for you to like pull a car seat out of a car or for you to like look underneath the couch, all of that requires proper body mechanics. And that's how people get hurt when they're not strong enough to do the basic thing, carrying in groceries, all of those things. Um, and I am such a big believer that these types of formats are what makes you strong in your general life. Standing at the grocery store, you know, you're going to now take a bar class and then you're going to zip up your pants and you're going to pull your shoulders back while you're waiting in line at, gro- at the grocery store. You're not going to round your back and let your belly hang out, you know, all right. those types of things. Um, so I, I'm such a fan of this format because we can build those kind of like everyday life, life movements. A hundred percent. I mean, and that's definitely in alignment with Pilates. And I love that you have that view with bar because I, I, if you can't like the test for the world, whoever's listening, right. Is like, can you sit up from your chair without using your hands? Can you lift your foot up and tie your shoe without needing to hold on to something? And yep. can you get off the floor without using your hands? Yeah. And, and it's amazing how challenging those things can be if you don't have the right strength. Absolutely. Like in my right. mat class, it, you know, I always do the test and it's not always like who you think can't do it. And it's something we forget about. And as we age, our balance goes if we're not practicing it. Um, you know, all of those releves are important and then try to stand on the side of your sidewalk or at your kitchen counter and hold your releve. That's the real test. Like, do you really have your balance in the real world? And, you know, my young clients, my young clients, like can't get off the floor sometimes. And I'm like, oh my God, we got work to do guys. Cause it doesn't yeah. get better. It's like our right. bodies are made <laughs> to do you, you know, like they're made to break down. <laughs> they're yeah. not made to get better. So we it's have an uphill to, battle. That's for sure. <laughs> it is. And it changes so much. And, um, I just want to know where outside of bar, do you, uh, and maybe even outside of movement, do you draw inspiration to continue teaching and feeling fresh? So without not just continuing education, I guess I'll give you like an example, like I really love like going to museums by myself. Like when I'm feeling like uninspired in the world, it just, it gives, I don't know. It gives me like so much hope. I'm like, Oh, we're all connected. Like I go to a museum and I'm like, you see the different cultures, you see the different paintings and it's all a a language that's been built off of another language, right. Or in, in rebellion to something else. So I love, um, kind of drawing inspiration from the art world. I love that. So what that is awesome. I, I am not as fancy as to going to museums, but one thing, so my, my boys are four, two and brand new. And I, I'm very much a a fundamental, I, I see movements 
constantly. So my four-year-old is very into learning how to do a push-up and a pull-up. He doesn't have the proper strength. So I can see movements in them learning to balance on one foot, learning to skip, um, to do a push-up and not let your hips drop. I literally will break that movement down and put it in my bar class. So a lot of what my kids are trying to figure out how to do, which is basically just move, um, (laughs) I will create a class around it. Um, You know, instead of my son will look for something under the bed and he'll just bend his hips. Well, let's focus on getting onto your hands and knees, bending your elbows and then looking under and then standing back up properly. So those types of things, I'll just break it down um, into, you know, a different variation, just like you. So we'll build into those movements. So Mm. then you can, you know, you can drop down and do a push up if you need to and things like that. So a lot of my inspiration comes from, from my, my world within these four walls. Um, And my mother was a physical therapist. So she's retired now. And generally speaking, growing up, everything we did, she broke, she broke down with a physical therapist mindset. So a lot of my, I just, I constantly remember her breaking things down and, you know, everything's connected in the body and all that kind of stuff. So what, what you're eating affects, you know, your low belly and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Um, which isn't as fancy as a museum, but no, it definitely it's, has. <laughs> Mine's so that. unrelated. I feel like I need to get out more. <laughs> no, I'd only because it's literally I can take the train and it's there. Otherwise, and it's awesome. And it's going to art school, and it was it was great. And it's also like you don't get much privacy in a city, which sounds funny, but like when you're in a tiny place, like I don't know. For me, going to a museum is like ah, oh, it's like private time for me to like geek out zone out yeah Yeah. and but you're so intuitive to like watch your kids and their movement because what I found fascinating as a a kids dance teacher I taught ballet for years taught all kinds of um like tap jazz all of that and there is a certain age like the skipping and you you said it and it's it does not happen until a certain developmental milestone and the cross lateral movement bilateral movement it's so fascinating. And it's like, oh, they cannot do it. And you're watching them literally learn how to live in the world movement wise, um, yep. you know, layer on all of the social and all of that stuff, et cetera, et cetera. But the movement, like they're literally learning how to function in the world. And it's so fascinating. I love that you said that. Cause I love that about my like little preschool classes. Cause it was so cute. You start the year and you, you're like galloping, you try to skip and then some might do it or, you know, there's just, you're, I always say like you're born that way. You like can skip or you can't skip. Yeah. <laughs> and <it's> like, <laughs> some people are so coordinated and you're just like, oh my God, that's great. And then others you're like, you got it. You can. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can. It's, it's true. And my oldest is, we always say like, he takes after me because he is so coordinated and he is just stable. So he can pick things up. He is, you know, if he was going to do gymnastics, he would be excellent. My second child, oh my gosh, what a difference. Like, <laughs> we just like, we just look at him like, man, you're so cute. Like, cause he just, he just isn't built like that. So, um, but it's fun for me to, you know, be able to work on different things, totally. um, with them. Yeah. It's super fascinating. I, I just, yeah, I loved every second about that. And, and it also like gives you, 
really great tools as a teacher because some of these things are not taught unless you're like in a dance class. And I know schools are bringing in yoga. They're bringing in some more movement into, you know, these classrooms and which is great because sometimes you don't learn it. And I've seen it like with some of my older students, like couldn't tie their shoes and they didn't mm-hmm. have these like fine motor skills that you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like where did that happen? You know, like where did they miss out on that? Where did they miss? Right. Coordination. And you know, it's, it's not an, it's I mean, whatever. I'm not a parent and not judging the school systems, but I, for me, I'm just like, these kids need movement. They need to move their bodies just as much as they're learning how to yep. hold a pencil and hold a crayon and all of that stuff. So yeah, um, I do. Well, and it's interesting but- with Bar Alley, you know, I selfishly kind of started it because I needed to be at home because I couldn't get out, but it's so cool how many kids are with their moms mm. doing my classes mm. because they're challenged too. So they want to be able to learn how to do a plank with one foot off of the ground and stuff like that. So it's cool to, I never really anticipated that connection, but I'll take it all day long because those kids are getting involved in learning what it is to sweat and to be active and off a device and stuff like that. Totally. Oh my God. And then, yeah, just the interactive of it. And there's, um, yeah, that's Bar Alley. 2.0 2.0 when your kids are finally in school. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, when my kids are finally out of my house. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you mentioned on your website um, about driving with no music. And I I love that. So like I was really happy to find that someone else does the same thing. Like it is my favorite way to kind of like meditate, decompress, meditate with eyes yeah. open. Um, and it drives my friends insane. Like I'll get in the car and I have this thing where like, I won't turn anything on for like an hour. So if it's an hour drive, I won't turn anything on. And if I get close to my destination, I start turning down the music and my friends go nuts. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) I'm like, no, no, no. We're not rolling up to the party. Like, well, why, why are you turning? I'm like, like, I don't know. I need that like clear headspace. And maybe my first car was a Jeep Wrangler. It was like my little baby and it was loud. So like, I couldn't really have music because I couldn't hear it. Um, You couldn't hear it anyway. Right. But I want to know if you get to cruise often without music with your three. Never. (laughs) Oh my gosh. If I do, it's, you know, on the way to a doctor's appointment because the kids can't come with me or, but I, I will plan. And my husband knows, like, I love, like, I don't mind a car a car drive, but I, I don't mind it if I'm alone. Mm. Um, so it's more those like annoying little errands that I have to run by myself that I'll like, I'll leave 30 minutes early just so I can drive so slow (laughs) with nothing. Because to me, the music is a distraction of what is really going on in my head Mm. or what, so the windows down feeling and hearing that just, you know, outside noise and, and a lot of times I'll just, I'll have like a notebook. I'll write things down because everything comes to my, everything comes to the surface during that time frame. But yeah, I, I rarely get that time, but it's when precious. it's there, it's the it's best. Precious. <laughs> it's precious. I know. I know. I don't, I don't drive for work anymore. And we recently got rid of our car and reluctantly on my part, I was like, no, I can't get rid of it. Um, because of that, it's just like, I don't know. I mean, I take the train and everybody has different ways of, driving but when you're teaching with music all day the last thing I want to hear is a song I don't yeah I know (laughs) it's changed my teaching um bar classes and dance classes has changed the way I I consume music because it is if it's not like 
tranquil and peaceful, I'm like, mm, nope. I, was like, I know it's that same tempo dun, 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 yeah. all day long. That's all I hear. Yeah. All day. I'm with you. Oh, well, <laughs> let's talk about Bar Alley. When did you start and how did that come about? So I started it uh, coming up on two years ago, which is mm. crazy. Um, and basically, so I had my second son and I the girls wanted to put me on the group fitness schedule more. And I was like, listen, every time that I could do it, somebody is napping. I'm going to screw up somebody's schedule just to be able to teach for 60 minutes. And I love teaching, but truly I couldn't figure it out without messing up my kids' schedules. And they were so little it to me, I was like, there has to be a different way. And a lot of the bar studios around here just didn't have childcare. Mm. And so I was like, listen, I, I love my format. And I was like, I'm just going to host it. I'm from Massachusetts. So I live down in outside of Atlanta and all of my friends were like, well, we want to take your class. And I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you. And then I was like, screw it. I'm just going to do one class on Facebook live. And it was like one Saturday morning, but I was so nervous for like people to judge me and be like, this girl is so weird. Why is she doing a class? Like to a camera that I said, I'm only going to keep it up for, I think it was like 24 hours. It might've been three days. It might've been 72 hours because I basically gave them a timeline, but more because I was so scared. I didn't want to keep it up there forever, but it turned into basically the base of my business. Everybody did it because they knew they were going to lose it if they didn't do it in time. So I really lit a fire under their butt and it had so many views and like people were texting my husband oh my gosh can she build this we would pay for these classes and truly when I did the class online I had zero intention of building a business around it I just wanted to be like hey I love doing this let me just show I don't know what I was doing um but I just wanted to be able to teach without you know interrupting my kids um so as everybody started to do it I was like okay and I got one of those survey monkeys like what did you think of the class? What did you think about the timing? How much would you pay? I was like scrambling because truly my goal was host the class, delete it and move on with my life. But the, the overwhelming response, I was like, Oh my gosh, I should really try to make something of this. If this many people have been looking and I should have known because my whole struggle was I can't get out of the house. Mm. So I should have known nobody else could either. Mm. Um, so basically two weeks later, cause I, I started to film and I know nothing about building websites. I know nothing about filming lighting zero, <laughs> zero. I'm a bar instructor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, for like 14 months, I didn't watch TV and I learned, I built, I built my whole website. Mm-hmm. I shoot on my own mm-hmm. and I just figured it out. And, um, so the first maybe nine months, All it was was Facebook. So I would get on there live, film a class, and then delete it. But I was losing all these awesome classes. And I'm like, man, if only I had recorded that so I could keep and store that. So then I started learning more and more. um, And then I launched a website, um, gosh, August of last year, maybe. So maybe nine months later or something. and now I can track, I can see what my girls are watching. I, there's so much more kind of data and behind the scenes that I can tweak my business on. 
Uh, and the rest is history. Seriously, I, I do new workouts every single week. I still delete them. So if you don't get them done, you lose them. So I still kind of have that threat, which matches really well with my personality. Like, <laughs> aha, you have to, you, you yeah. have to do this. Um, but it's good because it's hard to be motivated in the house. But also, mm. if that's your only option, you know, yeah, at then. least I'm I'm motivating them, um, those girls who are restricted and, you know, who can't get out of the house. And even a lot of people who have crazy work schedules and they travel. And so for them to have a, a membership at a studio doesn't work because they're never home. Um, I have one girl and she is in Japan and all of Asia all the time. And she just brings my band with her and she is in hotel rooms. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's it. And here we are almost two years later. later. Oh my goodness. That your natural instinct for business and entrepreneur life is, it's incredible because not many people have that drive. And when you said, I just figured it out. I, I get that same question of like, well, you know, who does your website? Who does your filming? Who do-? I'm like, no guys, it's me. It's me. Like, One man show. like yep. I have hired, you know, designers for the manual, like certain things I have hired out, but it, there's no team and you really can these days build your own business. Hello. Hi, we're on a podcast, right? Like <laughs> I, I don't, my, you know, my, my husband cringes, he does do this stuff and he's like, I'll help you. And I was like, you know what? I want to figure it out because I yeah. don't have the same budget you have. Like you have a team, you have a staff, like, right. I, I don't, I need to be able to make it make sense for my life. And you found the pain point, you know, it's like business 101, finding the pain point and servicing that pain point, right? Like answering yep. that, that need and it really coming from yourself and you're like, if I need this, you know, other people are going to need this. And right. Your personality is attracting the same type of personality where they need that fire. They need to be like, okay, I only have three days. This is the day I can do it on done. Like done schedule, yep. scheduled it in. And you know, when I started the bar variations video library, even the manual, I was like, I'm going to be a home user person. This is for the home user. They're going to take it and do it at home. Well, no, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's teachers. It's, I found yeah. teachers that are in Holland. They're in Mexico. They are in the middle of Canada. They are in Germany. They're in places that don't have other bar studios or not right. none, none at all. So if they've done their training and they flew out somewhere else or they did it online, they now have nothing else to right. tap into. And so the very quickly, I said, when, cause I'm only like about, you know, we're going on year two, but this is finish of year one. And I kept very quickly realized that I needed to be that bridge, right? The bridge between other bars trainings and a way for people to just continue with their knowledge and to be able to engage into something that will give them more ideas. And yes. you're so right on where like, it's great that our, you know, the back end of our websites can do these analytics where you can actually see what your audience wants, what your clientele wants, you know, and doing those survey monkeys and just being like, Hey, like, and everybody has that like embarrassed, like, Oh my God, please don't watch this or, you know, like not wanting to I know. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like I, I want this to be successful, but not really. <laughs> totally. Like I, like, this is going to come in as far as like, I hate my voice on recording. Like I have a really hard time, like rewatching stuff. 
And Me too. I do it on uh, mute. I can't. I can't. <laughs> it's so funny. It's that performance. I think as, even as a gymnast, right, there's that performance aspect, but you build up such a strong fourth wall. And if you're a performer, you know, like, you know, you're on a stage, you have the back wall, the two sides, and then the fourth yep. wall is between you and your audience. Well, you, especially in gymnastics, you're on, everybody's around you. So you build a bubble, but like, it's so strong that like it to me it doesn't connect I'm like yeah I teach all day everyone's like your teacher you talk all the time like yeah but hearing I even sang Uh like I'm like such a weirdo like I even sang until I'm like I'm like if I hear it back I am like dying on the inside yes I'm I'm the the absolute same so I now have somebody who will like edit my videos because I have so many videos that we pump out Mm. and like sometimes he'll be at the house with me and he'll and I'm like you have to turn that down like I I cannot (laughs) listen he's always laughing and um but yeah it's it's nope everybody else can enjoy my voice but I'm not interested in hearing that no thanks (laughs) yeah and I hopefully that gives people some like a boost of whatever because we all have those things that we don't like about ourselves or these like weird limiting beliefs that like are just not true and we know them not to be true but it's hard to put yourself out there so even for like new teachers um putting themselves out there are afraid to even just talk to the class or get the words out because they're afraid they're going to do it wrong you know like hopefully that will give people just a little bit of courage to be like hey just put yourself out there because you're going to figure it out. It's not going to be perfect. I'm sure your first website launch or your first like Facebook live, like you're like, Oh, I could do this different or, you know? Yes, of course. And I think it's also important for people who may be hesitant is the community of people who, you know, will take your classes or those, they are good people. So they're not there to bash you. They're not Mm -hmm. there. I can't tell you how much I've learned just from feedback from my own classes with the girls that have stuck around this long. Like, hey, I noticed you've been doing this a little bit more. Can you tell me why? Or, you know, you did this thing and I it doesn't really work well for me. So I've learned so much just by putting myself out there and being receptive mm. to these changes. Um, and, and I think also with the bar community, it's small enough where the, these girls are like my sisters. Like, mm. I don't even want to say they're my friends. Like, we're so close and comfortable with one another. Like they know me inside and out. I'm cracked jokes. You know, mm-hmm. I live in their TV basically. Yeah. So there it's tough to build a relationship except for if you're open to building that relationship, like they're all about it. So it, it really isn't as intimidating as it seems because these girls are like your family and they will become your family and they're not there to hurt you or bash you or bring you down. Like they're probably more grateful for you to be nervous up there just so somebody can lead them. So it's, it's a team effort. I would say it is a team effort. And I think that's like just great advice. It's the relationships. It's being receptive. It's not, we are in a small enough world and a very positive, I would say mostly, you know, very, very positive environment. And, you know, I was mentioning my husband does like podcasting and stuff like that. And he's in a world where like, I always say that like his audience is like trolls and mine's like unicorns and butterflies. Like, (laughs) 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 and he has such thick skin. I mean, like he's miracle through and through. And he's, he like the comments that are so negative, he doesn't look at them as like tearing him down. He looks at it as like, just the way they're communicating. Right. So it's, yeah, it's a little, it's comedy. He does comedy. He does like some politics stuff. And 
And he's like, yes. Like they just speak in a different way where like, I'm like, no, 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 no. No, that would destroy me. (laughs) I would. Yes. I like cringe. He like has to like dole it out very sparingly because I can't handle it. But yeah, like we're in a different language world, right? It is the motivation. It's the positive. And like, no one's going to be here to take you down. And if they are like, you kindly scoot them away to go off somewhere else because it's, there's just no one is here for that. We're all here to move our bodies, enjoy ourselves and live in our world pain-free and feeling yeah. awesome and, it's, and strong. And it's not for everyone, which is totally acceptable. Um, and they can leave quietly. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, there, there's no reason for them to, you know, put you down just to make themselves feel better for whatever it is. But yes, it's not for everyone, and which is okay. And most of the people, or at least the world that I've encountered in this bar world is they all have that same open mindset Mm -hmm. and of kindness, which has been awesome. Yeah. Super, super awesome. And I'm sure you get asked this a lot by either, you know, your, your girls or even from outsiders, maybe looking to kind of come into your world. Like how did like, the question of like, how do you balance it as an entrepreneur, a mom, a wife, a friend, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm just, you know, inspired by your entrepreneurial spirit. And can you speak about, you know, starting that bar alley, continuing it, and then why being your own boss works for you specifically? So this, this is tricky. And I think it's always going to be tricky, which Mm -hmm. I just need to accept. Um, I was a stay at home mom with my first which was great. And then I was a stay-at-home mom until my second was born. And then, you know, I would teach here and there. I I am such a good person, a good mother, a good wife, a good friend when I am busy, when I am on top of things. And so I really was, which I didn't realize I was seeking, but I need my own grown-up focus. Mm. Um, and so right now, so I have three children, four, two, and brand new, I am balancing my business in between the, I'm calling them like the mom cracks of my day. Mm-hmm. So when one is asleep, I'll run into my office when, and I now have to coordinate cause I film out of my house. Um, you know, they have to be out of the house and things like that, but it is almost impossible to complete a day and feel accomplished in my world mm-hmm. right now, which can be discouraging because I feel like I'm 50% of a mom and 50% of a business owner. And I would love to be a hundred percent of both in allocated time slots throughout my day. But my world just doesn't function like that. I have some help with the boys, but for the most part, they're here with me. Um, So I've had to learn to be very efficient and selfish within my household. So anybody who wants to see me, my friends and family, they come to my home. Mm -hmm. If they want to see me, they have to make 98% of the effort because Mm -hmm. I just don't have that flexibility. And kind of the sad part is I'm totally cool with that because I like, I love what I do. You know, I owe it to my girls to put in this effort. And if that means I'm missing a lunch date with a friend, my philosophy, which is horrible. My husband will tell, tell me that like, he's like, you really need to like be a little bit more social. But right now in the grind that I'm living, this is the season where we're all just, you know, focusing. My kids are so little, like we're surviving, we're getting through the day. So I, I tend to work most at night when they're all asleep. 
Um, but of course my newborn is up and you know, all everyone's kind of all the way up, but I just have to be really selfish with my time to make it all happen mm-hmm. and kind of be okay with it never feeling perfect, which is tough because gymnasts, like my whole mindset, mm-hmm. like everything is perfect, should be perfect. Right. Right. Yeah. So, it's, but, and it's, it's not. And I think, um, learn, you know, kind of, it is hard. It's hard to make that, that balance with without like there's always something in your life that's maybe pulling your attention or focus it changes right and it changes year to year yeah. maybe changes month to month day to day um but also being very open about that and saying to friends and family like I need you to come to me and it's not because I don't want to see you it's because this is how it is right now and how yeah. it's going to work so everyone is sane and setting up those expectations and I can say that as like a teacher, I was definitely somebody that was like a yes person. Yes, 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 yes. I will take that client. I will work 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. and start my business. I was like an insane person. I was like, and I'll start a business and do that all weekend. And I had like, and then you're burnt out. Totally burnt out. Like no boundaries. And I saying no to me was like failure. Like I wanted to be the person that could do it all. Right. And if I said no, then it's like, well, I can't do it. And being able to say no, or even setting up expectations and boundaries for the people around you, because it's your life, right? You live in your body and it's managing around that. So if everybody's clear on like where everybody is, it makes it so much better. (laughs) And it doesn't always feel perfect. And my husband and I talk about this all the time at our time. We have to, we do have to schedule each other in. He travels work, I travel and like, yeah. I've had, you know, I've had to give up, you know, hours. I'm like, you know what? Is it worth working my booty off day, noon, and night to, for what? Like, am I getting anything more out of it? Or is it okay that I've pulled back? And recently I've pulled back on my face-to-face time teaching. Yep. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I have to get okay. used to that, like, in-between space. And it's always, yes. it's always changing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and something's got to give or otherwise, you know, you can't, you can't go, go, go at full, full throttle forever. No. So I think it's impressive that you can, you know, scale back by choice as opposed to like being forced to scale back because you get sick or whatever it is. Sure, so of course, as tough as it is to not, you know, deliver everything you want, it's, I mean, we're promoting this healthy, well life (laughs) and then we're the ones like burning out so quickly. So, you know, talking or walking the walk that we are preaching, I think is so important because, you know, if you miss an Instagram post, that's it. My kids were, my kids were sick, whatever it is. So I try not to, you know, make myself go crazy over these things because I'm trying to build a life so that I can enjoy that life. (laughs) Right. And also, you know, building your own business to fit around your life. I mean, what an opportunity we, or even a time we live in that we can do that as women, right? Like we can build our own business out of our computer, out of our house and make it fit the life we want, whether you want kids or not, or whether you just want to work from home or you want to travel or you want just a side hustle that brings in flexibility. Yep. Right. So it's like, we're really at a great time and to be able to be able to do that is great. And it just looks, it's going to look different for everybody. And also like that, not pulling back in a way of like not putting that pressure on of like, 
yeah, social media is the big marketer these days if you want to get out there in the world. And I remember like right before our wedding, I was like, oh my God, I'm taking three weeks off and I'm not going and I'm not promoting my business. And I just launched my video library. Oh my God, like what horrible timing. Why didn't I just wait? And it was fine. It was totally fine. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then you moved on. Yeah. And And here we are. It's fine. Like no no bridges were burned. It was great. And I just think that's like great advice that like, you know, it's getting comfortable with the uncomfortable and being okay with what it is in the moment. Like it's great. Great. Um, Yes. So yeah. Um, so yeah, so I do this little segment. I do some posting about like hurt at the bar, right? So I want um to know like what is something that you've heard about bar that you either know to be true or something that surprised you to be untrue. And uh, one of the examples like I come up with is like people often think like you have to be a ballerina, right? Or you have to be flexible or yes, or they know it's gonna be hard, but we're thinking that it was something else. So what's something that you've kind of heard that's like a little bit of a myth or maybe a truth to bar that you were surprised about? Um, so most of the girls, like if I have, so I still teach locally. Um, well, my maternity leave ends this week, so I'll be going back next week. Um, and so when I see these girls face to face and they're like, well, I wasn't a dancer and my instant response is me neither. Right. So you don't have to. And I think the, the coordination piece is what they're more concerned about mm-hmm. because there is coordination, but the fact that you can learn these things and, you know, muscle memory and all that, you can learn the coordination of these movements. Um, but I do get that a lot. Uh, the other thing I get is about my specific bar is I don't know if I can work out from at home mm. and that can be tricky and you do have to kind of be a self-starter, like I can't push play for you. You know, I can't look for you in the studio if you're, if you're not there. Right. Um, so those are the two things that I get the most is, you know, I wasn't a dancer, which for me, it's like, awesome. Me neither. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to be a dancer to know how to do a turnout or to stand in first position, those types of things. Um, one thing that I think people, are surprised at because a lot of them, a lot of my business comes from word of mouth and most people don't think they'll be challenged in a bar class. Mm. So once they take a class and they're like, holy smokes, I never knew how sore I could be. Or I have a ton of runners Mm. that do my classes because it helps them. You know, when you're running, you're balancing on one leg every time you take a step. And so the bar format and that method of, of building this stability can increase or it can better somebody's runtime, their golf swing, their strength for tennis. So it's really complementary and much more effective in terms of sweatiness and all of that kind of thing than people think, because I have so many girls who don't even want to try it because they're like, oh yeah, that's going to be too easy. I'm like, no, this is the, this is the basis of building everything. So you can still do CrossFit, but you need to learn how to hold your shoulders up. Right. 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 (laughs) Um, So, so those are probably the ones that I get most. Um, And I'm like, you know, just take my free trial and then I'll show (laughs) you. Yeah. And and doing is seeing, you know, is believing. So in the way of fitness, like I've had people ask, like, can I watch a class? I'm like, you should just do it. Because whatever yes. judgments, like your ego is going to turn you in the direction that you 
think you want, right? If you're already not liking it and you watch a class, you're like, oh, that's weird. Like, I'm not doing that. But right. if you're doing it, you are forced to confront whatever ego talk is happening and, yeah. be, and be honest, like, oh, wow, this is really working. Holy smokes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I have one more little game slash question for you. And it's called, what's in your bar? B-A-R. So for example, um, I'm obsessed with drinking green tea. And if I'm <gasps> actually having a drink, I'll, I'm obsessed with those White Claw, like hard seltzers because they don't taste yes. like anything like I, I I'm like oh, perfect it doesn't taste like a lot of sugar it doesn't taste so like all I good. don't drink a ton because I feel like I need to be on top of my game with my kids and I can't have a hangover but if I do I am a kombucha margarita girl all mm. the way so I have some specifications about this I love kombucha <laughs> that has two grams of sugar or less so there's like a GT's brand, then it's ginger aid and that's two grams. So I try to keep, cause I don't want to drink my calories. Mm-hmm. Um, although the benefits oh, I'm with of, you. Yes. The benefits <laughs> of kombucha, I'm like, okay, I can afford to have a little bit and Casamigos tequila. And it's the yes. clear one. It oh is. my so, god! No hangover. I, um, None. when I was, I lived in LA and Casamigos had just come out, you know, it's Hollywood land, George Clooney, um, what's his face? Yes. Gerber. I mean, husband of, uh, Cindy, yeah, Crawford, Cindy Crawford. Right? Yep. Um, it's terrible. I don't know his name, but you know what? It's a good switch, right? Husband of. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good but, switch. So I had a few friends that were bartending and they started rolling this out. And I'm like, I don't really love tequila. I don't, whatever. I don't like a lot of sugar in my drinks because I get a headache the next day or I yep. get a headache that night because I'm, I'm just not a big, like, drink person. I don't do soda. I don't do sugary drinks. It just, right. it bothers me. And I'm also hyper service, too much caffeine. I'm like, forget it. So but it was so good. I was like, it's crazy. so clean, so clean, so clean. So That's exactly right. And I'm not, I do like tequila, but I don't like to taste tequila. I don't like to, you know, no. but if I'm going to have my fun pants on, it's going to be with that. And my husband knows. So he'll be like, I'll get you Casabigos. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> then I'll go. <laughs> I know. I'm with you too about like drinking the calories. Like I would rather eat like Shake Shack all day or like eat a pie or eat yes. all the ice cream before ice cream, I have yep. a beer or a tea or like a drink of any totally. sort. Like a juice or even that. Cause a lot of juices, like I'm not a big juice person. I'd nope. rather Me like either. have Oh it. my gosh. We're so similar. I love I tea. Know. Juice. Yes. We're so much on the same page. <laughs> it, it must be that like dry, but I was like, I just can't drink all that sugar and just be like, I'd rather eat ice cream and feel like I got something out of it. You know? Correct. <laughs> Correct. That's right. Oh my goodness. Well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much, Kendra, for joining me today. You had a blast. I love this. Um, Can you tell the listeners where they can find and follow you? Yes. So everything is Bar Alley. So Bar is B-A-R-R-E, Alley, like Alley Cat, A-L-L-E-Y. So on Instagram, I'm at Bar Alley, Bar Alley.com. On Facebook, it's Bar Alley. And I think it's Bar Alley, a virtual bar studio, that whole name on Facebook. Um, and yeah, pretty much I'm always on those three things and working in my mom cracks of the day. So I'm usually pretty efficient in getting back to everybody and staying connected like that. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you everybody for tuning in. If you'd like to write into the podcast, send an email to info at barvariations.com. You can follow us all over social media at Bar Variations. You can also visit the website at www.barvariations.com. 
where you will find show notes, archive episodes, and more. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.